getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. Nope, I don't think that's where we were going. We wanted to give you uh, someone's big fat juicy, so let's get that right this time. No, it's not going to happen. So we're going to move straight on. We're going to move to Petrolhead. It's 8.36. You are with SAFM 104 to 107. Don't forget, if you have any questions for Petrolhead, then now's the time to start cracking those through. Questions about cars, questions about travel and the like, you're welcome to WhatsApp us on 0614104107. You can also SMS us on 41391. Nico, you're on the couch with a cup of coffee. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Well, I wanted to know, how are you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. Or, <clears throat> let's say 95%. Or <laughs> I'm 98%. I really feel blessed. You know, I've I've come through this okay. A lot of people have, so yeah. I really feel strong and and uh, excited to talk about cars. Well, I'm relieved to hear that. So, Nico, what's going on in the world? So, we're talking about the Honda Fit. Um, now, I, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the Honda Fit? No. Have you heard of the Honda Jazz? Yes. Well, there you go. It's actually a Honda Jazz that was um, called a Fit in in certain countries. So, yeah. don't get a Fit. It's actually just been, oh, that was really bad. Uh, it was just re- renamed um, to the Honda Fit. Um, yeah. You know, certain countries, uh, the same car could actually have certain names. Yeah. Um, and I've always actually been a big fan of a, of a, the Honda Jazz. So yeah. the, um, I don't know if you've seen, have you got some pictures in front of you that you can have a look at the styling and tell me what you think? Talk to me about it. We- so, um, from, you know, the, the, I think styling-wise, it's always been a car that, that has, has put form above, uh, uh, or function above form. So it's, it's where you look at some of the competitors. They have very sporty looks. This is more of a practical look. I have to say from the front, I think it's good looking. It has a, almost like a friendly face with um, beautiful daytime running lights and, and the grill that runs from the lights uh, or like a line that runs from the left to the right headlight, but almost creates a smile. So good looking car from, from the front. Um, then it has a, quite a high um, glass house uh, ratio. In other words, the door to the windows is quite high. So that means visibility through uh, the car is, is is very good, and also they've reduced the A pillar, so that same frame of the front of the car has become um, visually smaller, so that the, the view, even though inside it's almost the design, let's say it's hidden, but the view out to the outside is much is, is very good from the inside. So when you're sitting inside, it's a nice airy place to be. So let's just get some clarity now. Mm. Is the Honda Fit in South Africa? Yes, the Honda Fit is in South Africa. It's available. You can go and buy it now. So basically, they've renamed the Jazz. So let's say it's the new Jazz that you can go and buy, but the new Jazz is now called the new the Honda Fit. Okay, we have to go to a break. But when we come back from the break, I'd like to hear from you. What are the huge differences? Are there any differences that you think, okay, this is an improvement, etc.? Okay. Cool. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nikku Smith. We're talking about the Honda Fit, which was the Honda Jazz. Nico, you actually mentioned, and I've, I know this about you, that you've always been a bit of a fan for the Honda Jazz. Yeah. What is it about the new one that you like, and uh, do you think it's a, it's a good improvement? Yeah, so um, what the, the really makes the, the, the one of the things that makes the Jazz quite practical is the way that the, the rear seats, for instance, work. So you can lift up the, where you're sitting, then you have a, a nice loading area, you can put the seats flat, then your boot space is, is actually quite big. 
Mm. So practically wise, that makes a lot of sense in the car. Also, um, the engine it has, it's a 1.5 liter. So what you're getting is you're getting a smaller engine with um, very, very good fuel consumption. Um, and then it's also mated to a CVT gearbox, which is, tends to be more of a, a relaxed type gearbox. Um, it's not as sporty, but I think it, it suits the, the car quite well. By the way, the engine is 89 kilowatts and 145 newton meters of torque. What do you mean by CDT? So CDT yeah. um, is, is a, a type of gearbox known as a continuous variable transmission. So it actually works on a belt and cone. So what you're getting is the car doesn't really have gears, um, but it creates um, um, what you have is the, the, the position of the belt versus the cones is, is almost like a ratio. So what you're getting is when you're driving, there's not really gear changes, although that can be simulated. But if you're driving in a relaxed manner, a CVT is, is actually quite a, a comfortable, excuse me, gearbox. Where if it's not necessarily a sport, so if you're revving the car harder, the, the revs tend to drone a little bit. But I think most people that drive these CVTs tend to want a car that's more relaxed. So in that sense, I think it's a, a pretty good car. There's another combination that that I really find interesting. Um, I haven't driven it, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Is actually there's a hybrid version of this fit. Oh. Um, uh, EHEV. Now, normally how a hybrid cars work is you have a petrol engine and then you have an electric motor and a battery and you can charge that at a wall socket, um, uh, for instance, um, or there's a little bit of energy. Now, this works differently because um, that engine that the Honda has in the hybrid version, so that's the top of the range version, can actually work in three different ways. So you can have the battery um, effectively supplying. So in other words, let me take a step back. It has this 1.5 liter engine in the hybrid, plus then two electric motors and a battery. So if you, for instance, an EV drive, then the batteries are supplying electricity to the electric motors so that petrol engine is not running at all. Then you also have a hybrid drive, but now it's interesting because your petrol engine actually works like a generator. So, you know, like at home when you have no electricity and some people start those noisy generators, well, yes. this won't be noisy, but now that petrol engine works like a generator. In other words, the engine runs, it creates energy, and the energy effectively then um, drives the electric motors. Um, and then lastly, you can have uh, a hybrid uh, or uh, engine drive, rather, where the petrol engine then with a the lockup clutch is connected to the wheels so that petrol engine can then effectively drive the wheels. So the biggest benefit really by having this hybrid is the torque that electric motors give and that instantaneous response from electric motors. So I think that's really where this car, little car makes a difference with a hybrid is, is the fact that the car will then feel very talky. Again, I don't know because I haven't driven it, so that's my feeling. Yeah. And it will be extremely talky because the torque then is quite high that's generated by this electric motor. So it's definitely a, a different way of driving a car and a, a, an interesting way of, of, of preparing a car forward. <laughs> so so I, you talk about the small car and being propelled forward. Lucky, who hails from Bulawayo in Zimbabwe, says, has tweeted us to say, Nico, please tell me more about the Honda Fit. I've seen it bringing big cars down in a head-on collision in Zimbabwe. So, <laughs> uh, well, the thing, you know, obviously it, it's about the safety. I have to look at, um, um, I haven't looked at Euro Incap. So normally for me, if you want to say how safe is the car, I would normally go to the Euro Incap website, euroincap.com, and you can search for the cars there. Um, I'm going to take a very wild guess, and I'm probably sure that the car has a five-star rating. So um, um, as I said, it, uh, the brands have always, or Honda's always been a very understated car. We were, I actually grew up with Hondas. Um, mm. We had a Ballard, when I, a few Ballards when I was young, so I always loved the brand. By the way, on the inside, Michelle, as well, it, it now has a touchscreen infotainment display with CarPlay. 
It has a digital uh, cluster, so the, the, the instruments are, are also digital. And then a very, very sporty um, steering wheel that actually adds to the, let's say, the look of the car. Because overseas, they have a Honda E, which is an electric, little electric car, um, and that has that Honda E steering wheel. So from the look inside, I, I think it's a very sporty car. Um, also, then if you take, you know, talking about the safety features, um, if you take the, the hybrid version, you actually get a lot of other other safety features for, um, for really very good ones for a small car, things like adaptive cruise control and high beam assist and lane departure warning and collision mitigating braking. So if you take the top end car, it actually still you know, has a few more safety features as standard. I love that uh, a lot of people seem to be asking questions about this Honda Fit. Mm. So um, someone else says, is the Honda Fit a strip tonic gearbox? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> the CVT continuous variable transmission. So, no. What does Striptonic mean? No, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if, if um, uh, Audi has a gearbox called an S-Tronic, so I'm not sure if they, they've sort of got half of that. And, and uh, uh, Okay, cool. So, it's not a Striptonic or an S-Tronic, it's no, something it's a, else. It's, Someone yes. else says that taking back 2015 to the Honda Jazz, mm-hmm. uh, the Honda Jazz 3 1.2 VTEC, Apparently, spark plugs cost um, over 400 rand each. The recommended retail is 520. Oh, I don't know. You know, that's um, I, 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 okay. Thank you for the information. That's, that's... I have to, I have to say though that Hondas are extremely reliable cars. Yeah. Um, that um, normally servicing costs aren't uh, expensive, and they just keep going and going and going. So, as I said, you know, the thing is with the, with the Jazz, I think it's you don't see lots of them on the road. You see other, you see more Toyotas and Volkswagens, but yeah, they, those that drive them tend to love them, and and when you know when they're replaced, they want a new one again. So, um. As I said, I think the big thing for me is a very understated car. Um, people yeah. don't really realize how nice they are. I like them a lot. So um, the, the, that same person wants to know, when we talk about um, the costs and that, like what mm. are the Honda services? I mean, do you think that these would be fair on their um, service prices? Oh, yes, definitely, Michelle. Um, uh, I, I, if, you know, if I, I speak to people that have or Hondas, or, um, normally the feeling is you go there, you service the car and you get it back. Mm. The services aren't expensive, but there's not normally lots of other things that are breaking all the time that are frustrating you. Um, so I, I definitely think it's a car that's not considered as much, but um, you're missing a trick if you don't look at it. Let's look at the prices then. Yeah. So the 1.5 entry-level um, uh, Comfort is 319000 yeah. The 1.5 Elegance is 359 Um The Executive is 389 and then the, the, the hybrid version is quite a lot, 469000 So that's quite a lot of money. Um, by the way, uh, where did I find the talk? Now I've forgotten it again. I found the talk. It's quite a lot of talk on that engine. So um, it's a different type, uh, 253 newton meters on the hybrid. So it's quite a different um, way of propulsion. And probably the one that will sell the most won't be the hybrid uh, or the, e, um, um, the EHEV. But it's a different way of looking at a car and an interesting um, proposition. So um, when we look at those kind of prices, does that make it an entry-level car? No, I th- no let's not, not What's entry the competition? Level. We, we would say probably more mid-level. So I, I think you're now looking at things like a, um, a, a, probably the, well, the biggest competitor would be the Volkswagen Polo. The Polo does so well for, um, you know, it's a really extremely popular car. There's lots of them around. And probably what the Polo has, it, um, it's more a sporty choice. Um, and uh, um, where the jazz is much more, I think, practical, um, where the strengths of the jazz are, the practicality um, of it. And it's a little bit different to what everybody else has. 
Okay, funny that you talk about the polo because uh, someone else has just, Lucky Michelle, has just uh, mm-hmm. tweeted to say, Hi, Michelle, please ask your guest if side shafts for a 2004 VW Polo 1.4 TDI can fit in a 2015 VW Polo Vivo. I don't know. Um, they, so what, 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 what has happened is that um, uh, initially, if I go back in history, um, when Volkswagen, um, uh, you, tell me if it becomes boring, when Volkswagen launched the Golf 2, um, they realized that there was still a big market for the, for the Golf 1. So they rebranded the Golf 1, the City Golf, and that became a huge success in South Africa and sold for quite a long time. And then what happened, the same happened when there was a Polo. Um, effectively, there was still now a bit of a gap for an entry-level car. So what was the Polo became the Vivo, and the new one became the Polo. In other words, what the Vivo is effectively um, is um, when you're buying a Vivo, you're buying the, the pre- previous generation, which is still a good car, or when you're buying the Polo, you're buying the newer generation, which, of course, then has new technology. So a lot of the time, it could be that there could be things that are um, similar from between the, Volo, uh, the Vivo and the Polo. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say yes, because I'm not. I think that's something that you probably have to just check from your Volkswagen garage um, or dealership, rather, so that they can confirm that. Because it could yeah. be, but I, I can't say 100% yes. So uh, another question coming from Umpile Mutuane saying, um, Nico, the Nissan MP200 petrol versus diesel. In terms of towing capacity, the diesel should be better, right? Mm. Going up hills, towing a maximum allowed weight. That's it. Normally, Michelle, with, with, with diesel cars, they have a lot of torque, which is low, like a low-down grunt. Torque is effectively, you know, if you take, let's say, if you, you have a nut that's tight and you have a long lever arm, it's much easier to, to unlock that nut with a long lever arm. So that's torque. Torque is a, a force over a radius distance. So what, 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 what cars have that are, have torque normally means that they are much better at towing, um, even if you load. The, uh, so they, um, diesel cars, for instance, won't necessarily be the quickest nor to 100, but you can take the bucky, load some stuff on the back, and the performance is still actually okay. Where with petrol versions, they tend to feel a bit more um, at the top end when you're revving them, feel a bit faster. But when you're loading them, they struggle a lot more with the load. So when you're towing or carrying a load in a bucky, that's why the diesels are so popular. And, of course, then you do also get with, with the diesels, you get the benefit of good fuel consumption. So um, they might not just feel as sporty as the petrol buckies. Okay. Did you say that the, that the Honda was both diesel and petrol? Or is it just... No, so the Fit is only a 1.5 petrol. So Honda doesn't really uh, go into making diesel engines. So what they um, focus then would be a smaller 1.5 engine that's actually um, – you know, uh, quite uh, efficient. Um, Honda claims 5.5 liters per 100 kilometers. So, and I think you'll get it. So in other words, it really is more about small, efficient petrol engines as opposed to diesel. Some manufacturers like diesels more than others. And as you know, um, overseas nowadays, diesels are getting, is getting quite a bad name. So um, not that I think it's, it's necessary in South Africa. They, they, they're still quite popular. So it does depend on the country. Um, and, and Japan normally tends to not really work as much on diesels. Okay, so you're going to rate this as a as a car that should be um... Michelle. Definitely, I I think it's a car that that is understated, and yeah. that you should look at if you're looking at uh, um, this segment of car. You should go and drive it and consider it. So it's more left of field, but if you don't look at it, you're going to miss a trick. Someone says they had the Honda that they had their Honda Civic stolen, and they want to know why not bring back the big tank. Was that what the Honda Civic was called? He says it's the best car. I don't know. Um, it also, in each country, certain cars are more popular than others. 
Um, and then if, if your car is not popular and, and your sales aren't as good, it doesn't mean the car isn't good, but um, you obviously then um, eventually you, the, the, the manufacturer does the research and says, you know what, we're not selling enough of these cars, so it's not worth us bringing them in because they're not selling, but it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it not a popular choice. Let's look at French cars in South Africa. Some people love them, but they, there's not a lot of them in the country. We go to France, they're just everywhere. So um, in the country, certain cars are more popular than others, and, and, and that probably was the case with the Civic. It yeah. wasn't a popular choice because the, the, the design was always a little bit different, and it tended to be a bit quirky, and, um, and people maybe didn't like that. And they mm. wanted something that's more, you know, a lot of people like to drive what they see on the road. And that could have been the reason. So, I, again, it, it was a really good car. It just wasn't popular. Uh, Carabo says, I hope they kept the magic seats that are in the Honda Jazz. Those oh, are yes. fantastic. Yeah, so what the magic seats are, Michelle, they're really cool. So, you know, when you're sitting in the back seat, so when you open the door, all you do is you take that back seat where you're sitting and you lift it up. And suddenly, and that area is flat. So, suddenly, if you lift both seats up, you have a nice area to load. Um, things into, um, or otherwise you just take the backrest and you fold it down, and the whole load floor area is flat. So that yeah. also then makes it practical. So that's the thing that really, you know, if you have families or kids or you're loading things in and out the car, really is a practical choice. We're talking about the new Honda Fit, which uh, was the Honda Jazz. And um, it seems that we're talking Hondas and Nissans a lot. Someone are also talking about the Nissan saying, can I put the Nissan NP200 diesel engine in a Nissan Sentra 97 model? <laughs> seems to me like people are really talking about shifting engines from one we, to we, the other. We hear that a lot, Michelle, don't we? Uh, like, yeah. Can I put this engine in that car? Um, and the answer would be for me always the same. Um, I would always worry because it might be, how do the fittings work? They're not exactly the same. So where does the engine mounts go? How well does that engine fit to the gearbox? Where does all the ancillaries go? Does it work exactly? So you, you, you sometimes are letting yourself open because it might seem that it might fit, but things don't work exactly like they should. So there's always going to be a chance when you do that, um, uh, that it might not actually work out well. Chances are pretty, you know, they, they can actually be pretty good. So in my mind, if I was the owner, I would tend to want to rather look for an engine that was in there. So if you want to put an engine in there, tend to find a, a one that was already in there. Find one um, because there might, might have been a few variations. It might be that you think, hey, I have this engine lying around, so let me just transplant it. But it's not something that's going to last you 100,000 Ks when you do that. Okay, so you're saying don't do it. Just, just... I, I would say, well, the thing is, I don't know your situation. As I said, maybe you have a car that uh, wasn't an accident from the back, but the engine is still 100% fine, and you have another car with an engine that doesn't work, and you're thinking maybe I can just transplant it. All I'm saying is that transplant isn't always an easy one, and things are going to work smoothly. There's always things to battle and, and things that – because they just weren't designed to go together um, probably. Yeah. So it's not necessarily an easy fit. Okay. Excuse the pun. <laughs> so, so we're staying with Honda. Someone else asking why the real wheels of a 2008 Honda CRV defy the skills of experienced experts in wheel alignment. Is there an issue with the 2008 Honda CRV wheel alignment? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's an issue with Honda. Maybe somebody can work at a, a, a tire place or a fitment place that can yeah. let us know. I, I'm not aware of that, Michelle. Um, yeah. So, what what happens with alignment normally is that when you take your car for alignment, they would um, ask what is exactly the model um, of your car um, down, I think, to the VIN number, and and then that normally will say, okay, when you have this car, so let's take, uh, let's say it's a Honda Jazz, you're going for alignment. Um, 
um, your, the machine would then actually be calibra- calibrated for that card. So, okay, this is what you do. So if you have this model and this engine or these wheels, this is how you align the front. So this is the camber, the tow, um, the caster. Um, and, and that effectively would mean how much are the, the tires pointing inwards or outwards? How much are the angles at the top? Is the angle at the top a little bit more or a little bit less? Um, where um, um, are they, is their position? So there's actually a few things that you go through when you do the alignment. Uh, and alignment actually is an important thing to do because if your tire isn't running exactly like it should, it will wear more on one part. So let's say um, um, that there's more camber um, than it should have. It's not running on all the tread. It's running on one part a little bit more, which mean the tire, means the tire will wear out a little bit quicker. You can actually see that. If you look at tires that are worn and you look at the tread pattern and it isn't worn evenly, it means that the alignment isn't done. So normally it's actually a very good idea when you're putting on new tires to spend the extra money to actually do the alignment so that those tires will last as long as they should. Because um, it's always, okay, now let me not do the alignment. The tires are fine, but I think it's worth the extra money. So there we go. If you're going to align, take that extra money and do it properly. Mm-hmm. Nico, that's about it for this week. Um, what are you going to do today? Are you chilling? Are you looking after yourself still with, you know, you have had COVID. How yeah. are you? So, you no, I, I'm, I'm still um, taking it easy, but I, 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 you know, as I said, I feel fine. I think it's still important to be careful. Yeah. Um, but we're having a rise. So, no, of course, it's lovely weather still in Hating. Um, you know what's interesting though is I've lost a lot of taste. So um, I, I'm, all my taste isn't bad, but I just so much um, uh, crave a, a nice piece of rump steak on a fire that's medium. But I have to say I probably have about 15% taste. So <laughs> it's more about the feeling than really actually tasting the whole steak. But just having a braai outside is what I'm looking forward to. Oh, good. I hope uh, you get to taste that steak on your braai, Nico. That's if there's one thing I wish for you. It's may you have taste for your bra. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> That's Nico, our petrol head, and he is uh, coming back again next week, same time. Don't forget, after 9 o'clock, uh, we've got a couple of stories, but the big one, of course, is um, Andre Flock with our conflict resolution series. And certainly we've seen a week of conflict, and it is growing worse if one watches social media and listens to the news. So if you've got any questions for Andre and uh, you want to comment on what's been going on in the last week with regards to conflict and how one could consider resolving it, you're welcome to SMS us on 41391 or WhatsApp us on 0614104107. It's